It's the week of August 11th, and this is MASHCAST 132. Smashcast. I am Jared, and I'm here with Games Industry Public Defender and Scourge of Ironforge, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, this is Smashcast number 132? I think so. Yeah, 132. There we go. Yeah, 132. I'm keeping up with these things, obviously. So, um, yeah, let's actually just get right into it. Let's get into the news bites. You know, we got that 10-minute policy, so let's get started. Um, so let's see, first news bite. That Alien Colonial Marines class action lawsuit that I thought was going to go nowhere actually went somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wrong about that. Uh, so Sega is looking to settle. They're going to pay out $1.25 millions in the Aliens lawsuit, Okay. Uh, the way that's gonna get split up is three hundred and uh, well, three hundred and twelve thousand five hundred goes to attorneys' fees, of course. Two hundred thousand will be used to cover the cost of administration. Bullshit. And um, the yeah, <laughs> the the last. Uh, I'm sorry. Obviously, it's a class action lawsuit, so everybody's anybody about a class action lawsuit is gonna get money. But the kicker is the guy who started the class action lawsuit is getting $2,500. And that may not sound like a lot of money. But for a game that you paid 60 bucks for, you're going to get $2,500 for, for playing a $60 game and being unhappy about it. Well, there's two plaintiffs. So I guess that's $1,250 apiece. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. No, that's not right, because one of the plaintiffs got kicked off. Yeah. That's right. He got kicked off, so, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah I, didn't know, I didn't realize this. Apparently, the plaintiff is named John Locke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I hope he doesn't buy any plane tickets. Yeah, so, yeah, $2,500 for buy. Spend 60 bucks, get 2500 bucks. Because he doesn't need to, he's not paying the lawyers. The lawyers are getting paid from the suit. Well, yeah, I mean, he's sort of getting be sort of paying the lawyers. It's just not a, out of his pocket. Not well. I mean, if he wasn't paying the lawyers, then that three hundred twelve thousand five hundred would be going to him or getting divided up. But yeah, but that's not a bad haul. Sixty bucks gets you twenty five hundred bucks. That's true. That's true. That's not bad at all. So yeah, look, look at that, kids. Dreams do come true. America, <laughs> land of the free. God, this is good. This is gonna set a terrible precedent. Terrible precedent. What, gonna, the, you can make up a bullshit lawsuit and then get a shit ton of money for settling? Because I don't think this sets the precedent. Oh, no, no, no. It's just that, well, in, in the gaming world, though, like, oh, you, your game wasn't everything it promised. Your advertisements were misleading. Like, for example, I mean, I just went and saw Lucy in the movies on Sunday, okay? And, I mean, it was an alright movie, but the advertisements were definitely misleading. Like, I'm pretty sure they played all of the action parts in the trailer. Like, other than that, there was no action in the movie. The movie was very, it was very about evolution and all that stuff. I mean, by the time you get to the middle of the movie, she, there doesn't need to be any violence because she can just turn people off by the time you get to the middle of the movie. And I think it was like a 90-minute movie anyway. Uh, so, yeah, like... Should I sue them for false advertisement? Like, I was expecting guns blazing and blah, blah, blah. No. No. You can't. You shouldn't be able to do that. But yet, here we are. With some dude getting 2500 bucks. He's like, score! I mean, 
<laughs> he can't quit his job or anything like that, but shit. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's going on. Uh, let's see what's next. Next news bite. Uh, turns out the games in the EA Access Vault will be staying there. Looks like it's permanent. EA announced. Uh, so uh, that's good, I guess, for those who want to take advantage of that program. I am still not convinced mainly i guess maybe because, i mean i do play ea games but it just doesn't feel worth it i'm curious how they're going to handle because i think what madden 25 is in there mm-hmm. and so i'm curious to see like you know like what after two years ea always turns off the uh the multiplayer servers and so i'm wondering like does that mean that they're going to support those servers beyond two years now because i mean people will have access to the game or is it only going to be the single player mode that's going to be available um, I, you know, I wonder what the strategy is there. Uh, I think they decided to turn those servers off, like based on how much activity is on them. I mean, really, who plays? Uh, you know, who who plays uh, old Maddens? There are some people, and admittedly, it's probably not very many, but there are some people who get way into their like season leagues, and it's probably easier to just keep playing an old version and get the new version, but. I'm sure at this point they're used to buying the new version anyway. It might be one of those things where if we knew that the servers were going to be up indefinitely, it might be worth starting like an infinite fantasy league in Madden. But I mean, at some point you want to switch to the new version. But I don't know. I'm just curious to see if, at the very least, if they'll keep you know those Madden 25 servers going longer than they otherwise might. Maybe this will give people motivation to play those games longer, since you know they'll still have access to those games. Not that you don't have access to the games you purchase, but. I don't know. You don't have to put the disc in. You can just pull it up on a menu. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, actually, I do want to bring up a news bite that we didn't actually talk about. I'm pretty sure that I totally forgot about. I'm surprised you forgot about it. But the World of Warcraft expansion was the date was announced. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I was figured we talk about that on like Wild Talk or something. Um, yeah. No, there was a big event this morning uh, out in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I guess usually it works out that the timing that they always wind up revealing the cinematics during Gamescom. So they actually premiered it in Los Angeles. And I think also at venues in China and I want to say South Korea. Um, so they showed the trailer. They, they, at the end of the trailer had the uh, release date, uh, November 13th, um, just after BlizzCon. Uh, and I know one of the things we talked about on Wild Talk was, uh, how we were hoping that they'd have it out before BlizzCon because the, the, the it, it would give them something to be like, okay, like now, you know, like you've got the expansion in your hands. Let's talk about 6.1 and what's coming in the next patch. And they're going to have to talk about what's coming in the next patch. Um, But it's going to be a lot of just like, trust me, guys, if you're not in the beta, you're going to love it next week. Just, it's going to be exciting. Um, So, I mean, that's a little, it's not surprising. It's disappointing, but it's not surprising. Um, The cinematic though, amazing. Um, If you're at all into Warcraft lore, uh, I recommend you go back and rewatch the uh, horde ending to or the orc ending to Warcraft three, uh, because there's there's some uh, there's some tie-ins there. Um, I mean the, the the art quality is amazing. Um, the, the, there's a meme going around about how handsome Garrosh is, uh, one of the orcs on there, because he looks fantastic. Um, so no, I mean it was an exciting event this morning. A little on the long side because uh, we all just wanted the trailer, and they kind of made a big presentation and a big deal out of it, which I mean, it's their right to, but it dragged on a bit. But uh, no, it's a great cinematic. Um, you know, eleven thirteen, we got three months to enjoy the beta. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long three months, but it, it's, it'll be fun. All right, cool. Oh, let's see. Next news bite. GT News. It looks like GTTV or Game, Tra- Game Trailers was purchased by the company that owns Escapist, and now there's a new YouTube channel called GT News, which is basically Escapist. Yes. Was, so I, uh, were ahead, they purchased I'm, before or after they laid everybody off? I don't know. Maybe it was in, in the <laughs> probably in the process. Like, hey, we're gonna buy a company, but we don't want these people. Yeah. You know. So get to work. <laughs> yeah. Oh, get the fire in, I should say. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, if they, you know, if they did that, but... Yep. That's that. So you're going to see the GT, the GT News now, which I, I don't know. I don't know why they just went and reroute people to the Escapist. Or make game trailers part of the Escapist. Well, did the Escapist really have, like, a prominent video outlet? Like, I know they had, like, Yahtzee. But, like, I mean, I mean he was kind of animated and stuff. 
I don't know. I never really thought about that. I don't know. Maybe it's like they didn't really try. Yeah. You know, maybe they just re- took some of those resources from game trailers and was like, okay, you guys are now GT News. Do a good job or you're fired. Okay, thanks. <laughs> bye. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, but I guess we'll see. I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything really been put out by them yet. It was more just like an announcement. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I, I think this is going to be our last news bite. Uh, time's coming up. BioWare uh, has been working on something that is not a, I guess you, you could say a regular RPG like you would expect, like a Dragon Age or a Mass Effect. They have been working on a four-on-one action RPG called Shadow Realms. And specifically, it was Bioware Austin, where there's five people total, four of them will be on a team, and one will be the bad guy. And uh, the four people have to defeat, I guess, the the bad guy or the dungeon master. Um, according to this, like it says, uh, uh, they wanted to, uh, the quest to recapture the feeling of a D&D table adventure with parties facing a foe capable of gilding uh, or guiding the challenges or guiding the challenges they're faced with. So, I mean, we're seeing a couple of games like this. There's, yeah. Yeah, what was the name of the one? Uh, Fable, the one it was Fable something. Fable, the Fable one, but there's also the uh, one. Evolve. The guys, Evolve, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, Nick. I'm just not interested in these games. I don't understand why 4 versus 1 is kind of the settled on math for this <laughs> like i guess like they have five friends and one of you has to be the dick like i don't get it yeah um, like oh let's all take turns and see who could no like i don't yeah. think it really works like that like no <laughs> well, I, I mean i would hope at the very least like there's a, there has to like is there a single player mode like you know and i mean can i just play through like the story as one of the heroes with like three computer people against the computer uh, I mean, is it entirely just multiplayer? I'm a little, I'm a little curious how this is implemented. Because I mean, it, it certainly seems, I mean, it seems like an interesting concept. Like it's set like in the modern day, and like I think what was it the the one trailer? It just showed this like I guess a teenage girl with very notable ears, and I wonder if she's not supposed to be an elf. But uh, it just showed her, and then like she's standing there, and then her house is like destroyed, and it's like I think it was saying like you're chosen, and it's not your fault, or something like that. Like and there's like a big like dark ring around that like the the ruins of the house kind of like the the shadow thing and the the little promotional work here. So I'm curious. Like I mean, it's an interesting setting, like modern day with like some some kind of supernatural stuff going on around it. I mean, it's not quite you know it's not the futuristic sci-fi of Mass Effect. It's not the you know high fantasy of Dragon Age. So you know it, it's nice to see Bi- Bioware kind of going in you know like a different direction thematically, but yeah. You know, it's just it's one of those things like, would it be in, you know, will that work with the, well, not so much will that work. I mean, I'm sure they'll make it work. But, you know, as someone who might be looking for another single player adventure from them, uh, is, you know, is this going to satisfy that need or is this just something completely different in that regard? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm confused. I mean, like, from looking at the website, it looks like, you know, it's partially supposed to take place in modern times. Like, I guess maybe you're from modern times and you've been chosen you know, and to go back in time, and that really sucks. Or go to, like, you know, some type of fantasy realm. And that's what you're supposed to do, but who knows? I'm not sure. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out soon. There's a sign-up for the alpha on the site, so we'll see. All right, but yeah, that does it for News Bites. Let's get into our actual topics. Talk about some stuff that happened this week. Uh, One big hoopla that happened this week was the announcement of Tomb Raider. Uh, no, sorry, Tomb Raider, or Rise of the Tomb Raider, being an Xbox exclusive. And by this might be the worst timed exclusive announcement because nobody knew it was a timed exclusive until they explained it, like, a few days later. And it's not just, like, they announced it's going to be an Xbox exclusive and then they were like, oh, no, sorry, it's, it's a timed Xbox exclusive. They announced it was going to be an Xbox exclusive. It was Backlash. Then... Two like both come both Microsoft and Crystal Dynamics made statements, okay. Uh, and the first statement from Crystal Dynamics did not mention that it was a timed exclusive. The second one from Phil Spencer said, it, you know, 
he didn't even say it was a time exclusive. He just says, hey, look, I don't own Tomb Raider to the end of time, okay? That's basically what he said. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's basically what he said. I mean, actually, let me see if I can actually pull the actual article up and get the quote, because that's pretty damn close to what he said. And no, that's a that's a valid point because I think it was Kuchera who pointed out that uh, like unless this studio actually buys the or you know or unless like Microsoft actually buys the the studio, like it's not a time exclusive. Like they're not buying the the game forever. Right here it is. It's not because I'm trying to be a head fake to, to be a head fake on anybody. It's a deal between us and the partner. People ask me how much did we pay. There's a cert, there are certain things I'm just not going to talk about because it's a business deal between us and them. Obviously, the deal does have a duration. I didn't buy the IP perpetually. That's what he said. Nobody from either camp said, you know, when they were talking about this, that it's unlimited time, except right there. And it, it, I mean, I, I kind of wish I could hear him say it because the tone of the way of of the words kind of make it seem like he was pissed off, like, oh, fucking mongrels, like. Well, I don't blame <laughs> them because they were being fucking mongrels. <laughs> well, yeah, well, people were upset. Yeah. But no, but I, I, you know, based on that reaction, I kind of wish like some billionaire would just come in and like pay Crystal Dynamics. Like, here's a boatload of money. Just give me the IP so I can just sit on it and nobody gets Tomb Raider. <laughs> that's that's mean, Nick. <laughs> I find that's FU money. That's what that is. Yeah, pretty much. When you have that much money. <laughs> yeah, but like that, that was terrible. Like, you know, as soon as like people started kicking up dust about it, they should be like, oh, well, it's it's time. Like, you know. Right now, there are no release dates for any other consoles, or maybe there might not even be any plans. But they could have at least said, oh, you know, to release on a different console, but they could have at least said, it's time, it's not forever. I think part of that, though, is when you're announcing a partnership, like, you don't want to then also, like, be like, oh, hey, we're, we're happy to be entering into this deal, it's us and Microsoft, it's only for a year, but we're so excited to be in it. Like, you're not, you know, it's not really the kind of thing. I think they weren't anticipating the backlash. And I, I wonder if I think maybe, I mean, as much as, I mean, I guess the last few Tomb Raiders have been available on both consoles, like Tomb Raider started on the PlayStation. And so I wonder if it's kind of like all those fanboys, like just followed it from them, like in their mind, like Lara has always been associated with the PlayStation. And so she jumped sides. Like you don't jump sides in a console war. <laughs> well, the thing, I think it pissed a lot of people off too. Uh, was uh, how Crystal Dynamics responded. Or Dar- uh, Darrell Gallagher, who's the studio head, he released this statement that pretty much... He says he's given an explanation, but he gave no explanation. He just basically said that, you know, well, Microsoft saw huge potential in Tomb Raider, and they believe in our vision, and that was kind of it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It says, okay, let me actually I'm going to read the exact quote here. It says, uh, let me read two paragraphs from the quote. Tomb Raider in 2013 was a huge, was a success due in large part to your continued support. He's talking to the fans. Our goal has always been to deliver something truly special with Rise of the Tomb Raider. Today's announcement with Microsoft was one step to help us put Tomb Raider on top of adventure gaming. Our friends at Microsoft has always seen huge potential in Tomb Raider and have believed in our vision since the first unveil with them on the stage at E3 2011, okay? We know they will get behind this game more than any support we have had from them in the past. We believe this will be a step to really forging at the Tomb Raider brand as one of the biggest in gaming, with the help, belief, and backing of a major partner like Microsoft. That doesn't tell me why. No, that tell, no, that does tell you why, but you got to read between the lines. Microsoft paid a shit ton of money, and Microsoft is going to help them advertise this game out the wazoo. What this means is that on the, the splash screens on your Xbox, when you sign, sign in, probably right around the time Tomb Raider comes out, you're going to get big splash screens of Lara for a while. And they're going to be promoting the hell out of this game. It's going to be up there with like Titanfall and all the, you know, like all the other games that are, you know, Xbox exclusives. This is going to get the same kind of promotion from them. And it's it, from Crystal Dynamics perspective, that is worth more to them than whatever sales they're losing with respect to the fact that it's not immediately available on the, the PS4 and on the PC. Is the PC uh, counted in the exclusivity or do they, do they not count that for the, uh, Oh, no, it's not coming to PC either. Okay, okay. Well, for now, at least. But, yeah, I mean, obviously that's the reason 
But so he's trying to like he's giving an explanation without giving any explanation. Because he can't he can't say that like Microsoft paid us a shit ton of money. He can't just start like flinging bills around. Like, <laughs> like, he's just gonna be like, I can uh, make it rain right now. Like this is what Microsoft is allowing us to do. Like he can't do that. But here uh, here's the part that probably it's probably stings the most. Uh, he says this doesn't mean we're walking away from our fans who only play on PlayStation or PC. Those are great systems with great partners and amazing co- communities. We have Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris coming out for those platforms in December, and Tomb Raider: The Definitive, the, the definitive Edition is available on PS4. He's not that's involved. that's the same response as if you want to like you want a console that doesn't check in, go play an Xbox 360. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that same response. Like that's like that Microsoft response from the it's, marketing department. That's that's entirely a marketing department response. Like, we're not forgetting about you. We have these other great things that are not as great as a thing you're not getting, but they're there. Like, yeah, it's... No, it, I think it's it's one of those things where the blowback was just so bad they had to announce... They had to actually come out and say, like, yes, there is an end date on this. Because you, you don't want to mention that at this point. And, I mean, pres- presumptively, by the time that this is up, um, by the time this is up, It'll you know you'll get sort of your you know definitive edition on you know on PS4. It'll be the same definitive edition. Uh, it'll probably include whatever DLC came out over the course of that time on on Xbox. Um, so I mean, arguably, the game will still be available to all the different bases in the end. It's just the revenue as far as where they're getting it from, instead of selling it to the PlayStation audience and the Microsoft audience. Uh, they'll, they'll be getting some of that revenue also from Microsoft directly instead of from the PlayStation audience. And then hopefully they'll make it back at the end. But uh, no, I mean, it's it's one of those things without the numbers, we can't say exactly the nature of the deal. But clearly, like, it was a business deal. Clearly, the numbers added up for Crystal Dynamics. Microsoft, you know, Microsoft, to their credit, you know, they've they've been very games focused with the Xbox One lately. And for them to go out and do this, like, that's that's a smart move on their part. The fact that they're willing, you know, they could just as easily have been like, hey, let's, you know, like, promote the connect with that money and instead they were like no we want to keep you know hammering on games so let's go out let's grab this game make it console exclusive so it gives people a reason to buy the xbox one and and uh you know help win that fight and that that is you're right is a very smart move on their part and it does show that they're renewed focus on games and xbox customers should be really happy about that i'm pretty sure nobody who has an xbox uh, one is complaining about this <laughs> no. but actually this article there's a there's a, a joystick article uh talking about some of the lashback and let's see i just had it here here we go um so mike nicholas uh corporate vp of marketing for xbox says our focus of course our job is to provide a bunch of value for xbox customers and tomb raider is a great way to do that so we're very excited about the announcement that they came out on stage and had made that decision. And that's kind of like, we care about Xbox customers, not the rest of you people. Exactly. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what you should be saying. Crystal Dynamics, they still, you know, they don't want to alienate anybody. They don't want to alienate any fan bases. So they can't, you know, they have to be like, look, we still like PlayStation. We're still supporting it in this way, which is not what you're looking to hear from us, but still technically true. Microsoft can basically be like, fuck you, PlayStation owners. Like, we took your we took your cake. You don't get yeah. to eat your cake anymore. <laughs> they, have, they have quotes here, tweets here from people. One says, Xbox Crystal Dynamics, you stole Rise of Tomb Raider from avid fans everywhere, making it exclusive. You selfish bastards hope you go bankrupt. <laughs> And there's another one. Let's see. Oh, and I, as a fool, was watching every day Rise of Tomb Raider trailer. Why would you do that? But anyway, <laughs> but now stupid Microsoft and Xbox had to ruin everything. So mad. To be, and, to be fair, all of those people can buy Xbox Ones and play the game on launch. <laughs> I was getting to say the same exact thing. <laughs> you, this is America. You can totally buy an Xbox One and have your Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal behind it like you know this shows another thing like you know gamers this is the whole games is art problem okay what? Well, okay <laughs> now i'm curious where you're going yeah. with this, this is be- see that coming out of this this is the games as, as art problem because gamers as fans think these games belong to them they they treat these games like oh you stole this from me no, we didn't steal this from you. It belongs to us. Like, that, it's a product. This game is a product. 
but the people, the consumers, or the fans, treat it like, you know, artwork, and they're like, you can't take this away from us. What are you doing to us? This is, uh, you know, like, like Microsoft has taken something away from them. In reality, Microsoft hasn't taken anything away from them. And I'm not on Microsoft's side. I mean, I, when I heard it, I was like, eh, that sucks, you know? But then again, I am getting an Xbox One in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, I was like, eh, that sucks. But even if I wasn't, like, if I don't get an Xbox by the time this game comes out, I'm just not going to play it. You know, and that, that's the way it is. But, like, when you, like, you know, people are treating games like art, like, you know, like, they act like, just, like their favorite, you know, musician just got thrown in jail and now they can never listen to their music again. It's, like I said, I think that, I mean, Tomb Raider started as a PlayStation franchise. I think if you've been a PlayStation fanboy, like, if you've had your flag planted on that side of the line going back now, what, over 10 years or close to 10 years now? Over 10 um, years. That... Yeah, that this you know that it is lost to you because you're not the kind of person who is going to go out and buy an Xbox. Um, yeah, but, but they're still viewing it the wrong. I mean, it's a product, you, but something well, yeah, that no, never belongs. Because right, fan, fans are fans are crazy in that regard. That's the word fanatical. That's where that comes from. Yeah, I mean that's it's yeah that that's the thing. It's a, it's a people need to go into a mindset that these games are a business. This is one of the problems I have with like. Not problems. Like, you know, it's a problem that needs to be solved. But one of the reasons why I'm still not huge on free-to-play, I'm not huge on streaming or, you know, stuff like that, because I I would never buy a full game that has to be streamed. Because one day the business could go either go belly up or be like, okay, well, you know what, not enough people are using this anymore. We're going to shut it down so we can free it up for something else. And you know what? In their EULA, they're going to have the right to do that. You know? And Star- it, go ahead. Starcraft, Starcraft single player, is that, does that require you to sign into Battle.net? It used to. Oh, no, you can, you can sign. Uh, it used to require that Battle.net was online. Not anymore. You can play it offline now. Okay. But, yeah, that was some. Like, I, I, I was, I think I was, like, sick one day. And I didn't finish the uh, about the, the trailer, the trailer. Sorry, the single player for StarCraft yet. And I stayed home, and I tried to log in, and it wouldn't let me. And I was super pissed because I I couldn't even play it offline. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, I don't I like Steam and digital distribution as long as I can have the files on my computer. You know what I'm saying? Like one day, like Valve may say, "Hey, we're shutting down the service," but before they shut down, you best believe you can you'll be able to download all of the files. And then you can uh, use the game offline. And Desora works the same way, um, where you don't even—I don't, don't even think you have to check in for uh, DRM or not DRM, but authentication or anything like that on the Desora games. So, but like games of streaming, like, ga- like games where you have to rely on something else actively being actively working uh, and being up to use it. Like I really wouldn't do that. I mean, I think MMOs are a bit different. In that aspect, but this is why I don't like free to play for the most part because one day, like all that money I put into that game, they could just be like, oh, oh well, you know. This is even problems I have with like you know, uh, like Battlefield Three, uh, Battlefield Four, Call of Duties, where it's like you have to rely on the developer, like Activision or Dice, to keep those servers running. We don't even have the option right now for dedicated servers. Who knows? Maybe at the end of the life for those games, they release dedicated server files. If they do that, more power to them. So, you know, whoever wants to play the game can keep going. People still play Modern Warfare. Like, the first Modern Warfare, people still play that because it has dedicated servers and people release amazing mods. So, uh, we're way off track now, but still, like, <laughs> the connecting thing that's going to get us back on track is that this is a business. First and foremost, and these developers and publishers are going to make business decisions. And the reaction from it should have been like, uh, you know, you could be upset about it, but you shouldn't be that. I don't, think, I don't think you should be that upset about it. You know what I'm saying? But as a fan, you don't care. And there's no, unfortunately, there's no negative, there's no like drawback to you bitching about it on Twitter. Like, you know, like basically it's like, oh, you hurt my feelings. Let me whine about it publicly. And then there's, it's, you know, there's no fallout from that. If anything, the fallout is on 
it works because now you've got you know crystal dynamics and microsoft being like look we're sorry it's gonna end after a while (laughs) yeah it's you know it's it's i think part of it is just the i mean it's it's i think it's just the nature of the console wars that that as hyped as, as worked up as we get over the difference between a playstation and xbox never mind plenty of people own one of each yeah. But, you know, it's like we get worked up on this and, and especially, you know, the Internet being the Internet, um, you know, it's it's people get too attached to one or the other. And then this kind of thing happens and people get people lose their shit for no reason. And uh, there is one thing I do want to bring up before we move on to the next topic. I know somebody's going to say, well, it's because you're not that huge of a Tomb Raider fan that you feel that way. <laughs> and let me tell you this. Two of my favorite series in the world, like, in the world, obviously, they're terrestrial. But, like, you know, that, that two of my favorite series of all times have, well, one being the Half-Life series, God knows when Half-Life 3 is coming out. And I'm not freaking out about that. Because not, right now, huh? Not to cut you off, did you, you heard about uh, Source 2? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. And so we... I think news is a coming. Getting a little happy, but not gonna get you know. I don't. Yes. Not gonna get too too happy right now. I said after um, oh fuck, what game did I say after? I think was it after CS:GO. I think it was after CS:GO. I think I said after CS:GO or was it Dota Two was released. One of those two games. I said the next game they talk about is going to be Half Life Two or Half Life uh, Two Episode Three or Episode or Half Life Three at this point. So I think my prediction is going to come true. But anyway, so I wasn't freaking out about that. And the the bigger game, Unreal Tournament, which is actually going to make a comeback now, supposedly. Um, but if somebody told me that they don't have double jumping in it, and if that's the case, then it's a total waste of time. They shouldn't even continue on the fucking game. We're going to talk about <laughs> that another time. So Unreal Tournament, if you want to talk about a game that was taken away from somebody... That was that game was taken away from us from the Unreal Tournament community. That game was gutted so that it would play better on console. And they had already had console-driven Unreal Tournament games like Unreal Champion, Unreal Championship. Actually, I remember because I never really I was never big into gaming magazines. I'm just not a magazine person. But I bought like an Xbox, like a thick-ass Xbox magazine to get the demo for Unreal uh, Champion. Just because I was that big of an Unreal fan, knowing full well that it was going to suck because it's a console-based Unreal Tournament. Uh, but yeah, so Unreal Tournament 3, which actually was not the third Unreal Tournament, <laughs> um, Unreal Tournament 3 was completely well, was gutted and really reworked so that it would work better on consoles. Epic completely ignored the PC community. Uh, or the active PC community specifically, and just went and made this other game that ended up flopping because nobody liked it anyway. Then they blamed the PC community for its failure, saying that we pirated the game too much. You want to talk about somebody getting something taken away from them? But did you see me complaining about that on the MASHcast? No, I didn't. You just did. No, no, I'm giving an example. <laughs> that's an eternal monologue I just put out. Like, But that's the thing, like... <laughs> at the end of the day it was a business decision so guess what i didn't like any unreal tournament stuff like i like i when they put out the new unreal tournament like the the black edition or something like that i didn't buy it because i already knew what the game was like you know that was a business decision i didn't go and fucking send epic an email or you know tweet at them about it or raise some campaign some change.org thing wait, 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 when, when this happened though at the very least, Twitter, Change.org, and the MASHcast, I'm pretty sure, did not exist. Change.org did not exist. Twitter definitely existed. Really? Yeah, Twitter existed. Facebook what, what, existed. What year was this? Uh, 2007, 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, man. I thought this was a little, like, 2004 or something. You know, you're like, you're like, maybe we got on the uh, the forums a little bit. Not not even the official Epic forums. But, like, the community forums, like, yeah, this sucks. Oh, well, I'm going to go play Counter-Strike. Like, like, that was pretty much the way it worked. Like, we dispersed and we all went and played different games. So basically, everybody should just be like, well, this sucks. I'm going to go play Uncharted. Vote with your wallet. Vote with your wallet. If you, if the, you, uh, you know gamers can't do that. <laughs> how many times do we come, 
about some game company doing something and ruining a game, but everybody still goes out and buys it anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. If you vote with your wallet, then, you know, one of two things is going to happen. A, then they're going to take the opportunity to say, hey, we need to expand Tomb Raider to these other consoles. Or B, just Tomb Raider ceases to exist. Either way, you didn't like it anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, I understand the pain. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being upset about it, but you can't let it ruin, like, you know, Microsoft ruins everything. Like, that seems a bit dramatic, right? I hope you go bankrupt. (laughs) Like, yeah, like, no. Get a grip. You gotta get a grip. But I'll be playing it at some point. (laughs) That's why. Nobody's gonna say it's because you don't care about Tomb Raider that you're not a fan and you're not upset. It's because you have an Xbox One or you'll have an Xbox One. So you're not concerned about this. This does not affect you. Uh, yeah, it really doesn't. But even uh, that's the thing. Like there are ton- there are games that are ex- Xbox exclusives, uh, that or exclusive to certain consoles. Then I, I just wouldn't get it. Like you know, Tomb Raider isn't a console mover for me. That's the thing. Actually, if I didn't do Mash, I probably wouldn't have an Xbox One. Xbox One still has no console mover for me. The PS4 does everything I need it to do. It has Resogun. Game over. <laughs> But see, I guess the the only person I guess who has any right to complain that is somebody who said, you know, at E three they saw the trailer, they're like, oh shit, this is going to be amazing. They run out and buy a PS four, and then now this announcement comes along. That yeah, if they like if they were like, yeah, I can't wait for Tomb Raider to come out for PS four. That I can be that yeah, you might that might suck a bit if you if you bought a <laughs> PS four for Tomb Raider, and it's like oh, you dumb bastard. But so, it's got yeah. Resogun, right? It's got Resogun, so be happy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So let's uh let's move on to our next topic here. Alright, so uh also this week coming out of Gamescom was the announcement for Silent Hill. Actually the announcement wasn't at Gamescom for Silent Hill, I don't think. I think there was a playable teaser uh that was released on PS4. Or PSN, and I think it was PS4. It's only because of the uh, the, the graphic, the, how the graphics looked on the game. Yeah, and that that uh, that teaser was announced at Gamescom. So yeah, so they announced the teaser at Gamescom. Well, we... they didn't announce it was a teaser though. They just said it's a playable demo, and they didn't really specify what the demo was. It was just called PT, which playable teaser. Right. Yeah. So they announced this playable teaser. And when you finish the playable teaser, it actually turns out to be a teaser for Silent Hill. With well, Silent, uh, Silent ha- Hills. Oh, yes, yes, sorry. Correction, Silent Hills. Not Silent Hill, but Silent Hills. Uh, which is actually a collaboration between uh, uh, Kojima and uh, Del Toro. Or was that Guillermo Del Toro? Yeah. yeah. His name. But, yeah, which I'm, su- I'm surprised. He's into a lot of shit right now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he, well, I mean, he's got the strain out. He's got another movie. What is that? The Book of Life. I think he did that. That's coming out soon. Uh, he's working on Pacific Rim Two. I mean, he's he's all over the the, the place here. Yeah. So, like, the, I guess the, the there's one streamer specifically. I guess she got through it first. It took her about an hour to get through the playable teaser. Uh, which basically the playable teaser is like you wake up. It's all in first person. And you're in a house, and you walk in one door, and it's pretty much one hallway. And you walk through, and uh, you go through another door, and then it's like a cycle. It just keeps going around, around, and around. Every time, I guess something's different, and it gets creepier and creepier. And, of course, there's, like, you know, creepy stuff around. Like, there's this one jump scare. Actually, there's two jump scares. There's, like, one where... uh you get close, like this door opens behind you. I guess you can hear it, and you walk to the door, and uh, you the door is cracked open, and there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden, like a face kind of appears. And I don't know if the guy closed the door or if the or if the face closes the door, but the door closes quickly, and then you can go on. But later on, that same face kind of pops out of nowhere, and it looks like it rips your head off. But you know, it's Silent Hill, so it all everything has that creepy movement you know where everything looks it's unsettling the way stuff moves that's that was always a big thing with silent hill yeah as someone who as someone who didn't play silent hill was that creepiness 
like evident in the video game. Like, I mean, obviously you're watching the playthrough, so you knew it was Silent Hill when you're watching this. Um, like, did you? Did it? Like, would you have known it was Silent Hill when you were playing through it, or would it have just no, been like this I'll, is it's still generic horror? I wouldn't have known it was Silent Hill. I would have just assumed that maybe they kind of because that move that movement in Silent Hill wasn't anything that Silent Hill invented. It was just, you know, you see it in other horror movies where things move, like, weird. You know, like the chick from the ring. You know, that that type of movement. So, that's like a staple of Silent Hill. Especially, like, when you fought, like, the nurses in Silent Hill. Uh, where, you know, they, they move like that, but they're also fast. And that, that's, like, the, the kind of scary part about them. Um, but, yeah, so different things happen. Uh, you know, babies crying, because that's always creepy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, it's just, uh, the overall atmosphere of the tease, of the teaser was scary, and I think it had a lot to do with the music, there was, and there was the few jump, like, the one jump scare that was in there, no, actually, there was more than one jump scare, like I said, but the ones that were there, they weren't, like, all the time, they were few and far between, so it was kind of like, well, when's the next one? If I go past this door, is something gonna pop out? You know, Stuff like that. That's what happened. Eventually, the whole thing turns dark, and you only have the flashlight, which, of course, adds a whole new level of tension. And the lighting, like, the lighting is really, the way they did it was really good. Even though, to be honest with you, a real flashlight will light better than the one that they fucking had. Yes, yes. (laughs) That was was, a very focused flashlight. Yeah, it was more like they, you know, past a few feet, you're not getting any light. It was almost like it was, like, huge fog clouds in the hallways, which actually would work with the Silent Hill theme. Um, to in order like so that you can't see that far ahead. But uh yeah, I mean I don't know I'm not I don't know if this means the game is gonna be in third in first person. I don't think so because of uh Norman Reedus or Reedus what's his name? Yeah Norman Norman Reedus. Yeah, uh, Reedus, yeah. I'm not sure like, you have a big actor like that. I mean they may just use his voice for the most part. Well, they clearly mocapped them. Yeah, so... Or at least... Oh, yeah, look at that. It's definitely using the Fox engine. Actually, I need to get... I need to hop on YouTube and answer some of those questions because so many people are like, what engine is that? What engine is that? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, that is totally the Fox engine. So I wonder if that is sort of Kojima's contribution that he kind of lent them the engine, or do you think he's actually going to have some, like, directorial involvement with this. I don't know. Like, that would be funny if you get to the end of the game, like, you thought this was Silent Hill. It's actually a part of GW's programming. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be hilarious to me. Uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's good news, like, for, for fans of the horror genre. Like, you know, this... It, it, uh, Dead Space was a I thought I thought what Dead Space was a new was a kind of like the newer wave of horror games coming in, uh, but you know we saw with Dead Space three they just kind of turned that into an action shooter, uh, so it looks like you know the horror genre is uh, there's still somebody trying to keep it alive and bringing back a staple which Silent Hill was even though Silent you know Silent Hill's not as popular as it used to be but people know the name and the name will help itself sure. But yeah, that's uh, I don't know. There's not too much to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's just clever to sort of hide your marketing. I think if anything, this the nature of the tra- the trailer being the debut for something bigger. Um, this that kind of speaks to Kojima's you know handiwork. I mean, looking at like the uh, the Phantom Pain information leading up to that being Metal Gear Five. Right. Uh, Maybe that so, was his contribution. You want to know how to frustrate people? Do this. <laughs> well, maybe that's what he wanted Ground Zeroes to be like the, the playable demo for uh, Phantom Pain. And they're like, Not no, we can release bucks. this as a standalone product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, the, I, it was definitely a good way to get people to pay attention. Because if they just would have announced it, there probably would have been like one post about it. You know, you know, one post about it each day. But now you have people streaming it, people making videos, video playthroughs of it. So yeah, it's good. And it's about it was longer than I expected. It was about an hour worth of gameplay. So 
plus two, you get the announcement of here's this playable thing at Gamescom. And anytime that you can do a presentation and then be like, and that's available now for you to download off the PSN. Yeah. Uh, you know, anytime you can kind of do that, you know, it always, you know, people like, oh, hey, something I can get right now. So, I mean, even if it's only an hour, it's free. So, I mean, you know, for an hour, that's not bad gameplay. Um, and then, yeah, so it gets your, uh, gets your mouth wet for, uh, for Silent Hill. But the thing is, like, I, before I even heard about this, the streamer had already beaten it. That's how I heard about the playable demo. I saw, no, I, I saw some people talking about a playable horror game coming out of Gamescom, and then I want to say, like, they people must have started playing it, like, immediately, because it feels like before Sony was even done with their actual presentation, people were like, oh, it's the thing for Silent Hill. Like, people had already, like, immediately just downloaded it and beat it during the Sony presentation. Um, yeah. But. Oh, well, I guess what, I mean, I'm not a huge horror fan. I, I would love to hear what Joel has to say about this, but, you know, I'm not a huge horror fan myself, so. I mean, I, I I like horror games. Like I like Silent Hill. I like the I like Resident Evil. But if they never made another one, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> so uh, if this if this jumped to another console instead of the PlayStation, you wouldn't be too upset. I wouldn't be too upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'll probably check it out. I just uh, I don't know. I, I'm not in a rush to buy it. Let's just say that. Uh, but let's move on to our next topic. Let's talk about a game that I actually do care about and am, uh, have not been happy with so far. Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> uh, just a quick note, actually, about Metal Gear Solid 5. Well, maybe it was quick, but uh, actually probably not. Whenever I say that, it never happens. So, no, this won't be quick. No. No. Uh, so, the box is back at Metal Gear Solid 5. That is something we did not see in uh, Ground Zeroes. At least I didn't see it. And... Uh, the article that we pulled it from is a article from Polygon, which is Nick's favorite site in the whole world. And um, the, the the box has been upgraded. You could do some things with the box besides hide in it. And also, one thing that I noticed with the box is you can pop out the top of the box yes. now and shoot somebody. I'm like, that's cheating. Well, you know, I just wonder about the integrity of the box because, like, I always felt like at least the top was secure. So when you get up and move around, now you pop out the top. It's like the tape is all off of it. Like, are you retaping it in between, like, you know, like missions? Like, how does that work? Like, yeah. And the thing I didn't like about that was how comically fast you can pop in and out of the box. Yes. That's pretty bad. Uh, it was comically bad. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not a game ruiner. But now you can actually. It is a viable strategy to move around with the box and set it down. Let somebody like pass in front of you, pop out the box, shoot them in the head, pop back down. That is a viable strategy. Now. The, the, the other thing that I like too, and, and then if, if this was available before, let me know, but you could jump out the back of the box. So no. you could move the you can move the box somewhere, jump, scoot out the back of the box, and then like somebody would be looking at the box, and then you could shoot them from the side. No, you no that you can do the box. You either equipped it or you didn't. You're all okay. in it or you're not. That's how it worked. And then you had the barrel in Metal Gear Solid Four. The, the barrel was like the box, except you can actually get on your side and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Could you shoot while you were rolling? No, like your whole your top of your body is in the box. The only thing that's out of it is your legs, and you just fall <laughs> over to the side and start rolling the box. That is hilarious. Yeah, so, I mean, the box and the barrel have always been, like, a point of comedy, but now they've actually added strategic value to it. Like, nobody, nobody used the box. Oh, sorry. Sometimes you did. I was in one or two situations where I used the box, and it worked. Yeah. But, the, but for the most part, if somebody sees the box, and the box is out of place, they'll, like, they'll flip it over. But now, I guess the biggest feature of the box, you can slap stickers on the box and stand up in the box and show the sticker. And if it's a, you can put a sticker of an enemy soldier, and so from a distance, another enemy soldier will think that you're an ally, and either walk away or let you get close to them, and then it's only once you get close to the enemy, they'll see that it's fake. Now, the other one, which actually the article tries to try to say, oh, it's an antiquated view of women. Um, the, the other, the other, uh, uh, sticker you put on is like a, a like a, a hot chick, but here's the deal with the hot chick and how this is more this is more disrespectful to men 
than it is to women, okay? So when you put the stick on the hot chick, a guard will see it and run directly toward it without any regard for his life. <laughs> okay. And then like when you're with the like when you're like the enemy soldier, when you get too close to when you have the enemy soldier sticker, sorry, when you get too close to the other guard, the other guard they'll uh, like they'll go on alert. So now with Metal Gear Solid Five you have that time period where you can try to take them out before they actually get the radio. Um so they'll do that. But with this, the guy just kind of ran up to it and just looked at the box with the picture <laughs> of the hot chick. And that also, if you want to, you can do it laying down with the sticker of the hot chick on the side. And while the guard is looking at the picture of the hot chick, you can pop out of the box yes. and just crawl away. The guy won't look anywhere else. He's completely enamored with this sticker of this chick on the box. Like, he... His di- his brain is totally in like his dick right now. No, like, that's... It, it, his dick clearly only has one eye because like there's no depth perception <laughs> to know it's a flat sticker. Obviously, <laughs> so yeah, like basically, yeah, it's it, it, it's meant to be funny. Like, it's that, like being mesmerized by like one of the the like cutouts of a bikini model at like the beer store. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess I really don't have like I'm not gonna say this is. You know, gives men a it makes men look bad, blah blah blah. I only reason I don't like it is because it's, it's kind of stupid. Like it's too yes. stupid. Like weird stuff happens in Metal Gear. Like when uh, I think when uh, what you call it, Vulcan grabbed Raiden's balls and like you know stuff like that. Um, but this is just too stupid. And now it's actually uh, you know uh, it's a viable tactic. Like I'll never use it. I hope there's never a situation where I'll have to use it because it just feels it pulls you out of the game because as you know as silly as some metal guts to gear stuff was the game's overall tone was always serious you know what i'm saying like the game's overall tone is serious it's not a light-hearted game and this is a very light-hearted thing well go ahead I, I think that might just be the presentation in the trailer because that's all you're seeing like we really have no other context for that and so it might just be sort of a little light-hearted tool that you have at your disposal but the rest of the game could still be deathly serious oh i would imagine so i mean ground zeros ended with a chick with a bomb in her brain exploding so like i would imagine so that's after they took out the bomb that was in her stomach with no anesthetic <laughs> I hate it when the doctors only take out one of the two bombs that are buried inside of me. <laughs> yeah, so... Thanks, it's, Obamacare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's it, it's just weird. I mean... I, I just don't like where they're going. I don't get solid five, like, so far. I, I'm not very happy with it. Keith Sevelin is not Snake. Open world thing. <laughs> would be fine if there were cutscenes I think. I don't mind an open world Metal Gear, but the fact that there's no cutscenes, they deliberately did that kind of bothers me. This never would have happened if David Hayter was still alive. You think you're funny, Nick? Nick's got jokes. David Hayter is alive, for those yes. who don't know. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so Metal Gear Solid 5, the box is back, which is great, but now it's got all this shit on it and it's disrespectful toward men (laughs) this is the same kind of like thinking like in an old bugs bunny cartoon where like he dresses up like a woman and then like elmer fudd doesn't want to shoot him because like oh my god a hot woman even though it's bugs bunny like you can see the face is still bugs bunny with lipstick yeah and like i I mean admittedly that's part of the joke there but still it's like that same kind of like elmer fudd should be smarter than that and like so should these soldiers and so Maybe it's just bad AI. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how it plays. I mean, I I really hope this game proves me wrong. I really hope I play it. I'm like, oh my god, this is the best Metal Gear ever. You know, because it actually it took a little bit for uh, Metal Gear Solid Three to grow on me. Like actually, I I played through I played through part of the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Three, and I wasn't really feeling it. And so I stopped playing it, and like a few months later, my friend's like, "No, you gotta play it. You gotta play it." Just, he said, "Just make it through the beginning. Get the scientists out. Make it to the bridge. That's all you gotta do." And he was absolutely right. I got the scientists out, made it to the bridge, and then that's when the game 
I couldn't stop playing the game at that point. It, was, it is the best Metal Gear in the entire series. So hopefully this happens again. I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for this game to be excellent. But right now, it is not. So, uh, but let's move on to our last topic. Uh, Twitch is going through some changes. Uh, recently, it was, I'm not sure that they officially announced that they were bought by YouTube or no. Uh, I think they have. I think they have. I don't know if they officially uh, said that they were being bought by YouTube, but uh, they are making changes to uh, their video-on-demand stuff, specifically. Uh, Basically, first off with video-on-demand, you can no longer save an entire stream forever. Uh, Your entire stream will only be available for a certain amount of time. I think it's like 14 days for normal users and then 60 days for turbo subscribers. Uh, and then uh, your if you if you wanted to save something forever, you have to turn it to a highlight, which at the max can be two hours. Which seems reasonable to me, but then again, I'm not a, I'm not a big streamer. For guys who are doing speed runs, that may be a, that's probably a problem. Uh, but yeah, so your video demand is being is being cut down a bit. Uh, now, one of the bigger problems or bigger things is that they are now doing uh, content or copyright, like content detection. Uh, they're using Audible Magic, which will scan for third-party music. And if it scans in blocks of 30 minutes. And if music is detected anywhere with, like unlicensed music is detected anywhere within that 30 minutes, it's going to mute that entire 30 minutes of music. Okay, and as of right now, there is no appeals. Um, there is no appeals. Well, there's no way to appeal at this point well, if that happens. Not not officially. Not officially. No way to appeal. And also, um, there's been some some false positives already. One of the biggest problems, uh, one of the biggest complaints, is that they didn't give anybody a heads up about this. Like you know, earlier, like much earlier. This is kind of just something they just plopped out. And obviously, people aren't happy about it. Uh, but there was an AMA, I think, the day after, or a few days after, yeah. where the CEO of Twitch, way you know, he started answering questions. So uh, one of one of the uh, one of the biggest uh, speedrunners, uh, Cosmo Wright, which I believe he does, he have the record for Ocarina. I think it was one of the Legends of Zelda. Or is it Wind Waker? He has, it's one of the Legends of Zelda's that he has a record for. I can't remember which one. He's the fastest speedrunner. But he asked, you know, why should I keep streaming on Twitch as opposed to a different site that doesn't have content ID, copyright, and storage issues? And so uh, Emmett Shear, he went to explain, he says, you know, this is how we came to the two-hour chunk thing, which apparently they did research and they saw that almost no highlights were longer than two hours, and that and also another thing that they said, and this was in the um, the release they did on the first, like uh, the official release they had on their site, when they said they did their research, they said that most people don't watch full streams after a certain date. Like I think it was like you know fourteen days or so, it was like the average. That most people don't watch streams. Like if, if your stream is up there, it's not being watched after 14 days. And he says, I think 80% of the stuff they have in storage is not being watched, which is acceptable. I think I think that's that's understandable. Um, but maybe I think the community what they wanted was more dialogue between them and Twitch before something like this came down. You know. Uh, but yeah, so <clears throat> they came to the two-hour chunk number because of research. Uh, and in terms of content ID, he is saying that, uh, you know, he, I think, I guess the speedrunner was worried about getting music flagged. That's like in-game music. And, uh, he says that the image Shear says that they don't have, they have no intention of flagging songs due to original in-game music. And, uh, you know, if that's happening, they'll investigate it and try to fix it. But that's the whole thing about false positives. They're false positives. And you can totally... You can totally ruin a video by flagging it as a false positive 
cutting out the audio and then people come to watch it and the audio is cut out so people who would have normally shared it don't share it anymore. By the time that you fix the problem with the audio, it's too late. Uh, so uh, in regards to, you know, why... Because Kyle said, Cosmo Wright asked, you know, why should I keep streaming on Twitch? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Sheer says, uh, because we care about you and your viewers and we want every broadcaster on Twitch to be protected from potential liability. No matter how remote you might feel the issue is, we aren't willing to risk someone's life getting ruined over this. That's a very, you know, marketing answer. I seriously doubt they care if somebody else gets sued over it. They just don't want to get sued themselves. What I'm curious about, because even, you know, one of the things he says uh, regarding the, the research about the highlights being longer than two hours, he says, it's clear that we underestimated demand and need a solution here. Unfortunately, we have three weeks to figure one out. What happens in three weeks? Maybe the bridge goes through. I mean, that's, I mean, because he, he says that and then he talks about the, we, you know, uh, we care about you. We don't, you know, we don't want anyone's life getting ruined over this. Um, and then a little bit later on, he talks about, um, you know, somebody asked the question, did Twitch need to change things up? And he says, we did need to change things. This is laying groundwork for some work in the future you guys are really going to like. And so, I mean, I know that's all marketing speak, and it's easy for him to kind of say that just to, to kind of like, you know, placate the crowd. But like, what is Twitch going to be doing here? I mean, I know if they get, you know, I guess it, it, if they get merged into YouTube, which, you know, already has a lot of these restrictive policies here. Um, I mean, I guess that might be what's happening. Although that, if that's the case, why didn't you just say like, you know, instead of playing coy about it, like, Oh, you guys are going to really level where with YouTube. Like, you know, it, it's, I don't know. It just seems, it, it just seems like maybe there's something coming that we don't know about that may well be related to the YouTube acquisition. Um, but maybe there's something that, for whatever reason, they they don't want to have, you know, they don't want to have copyrighted music on there. I mean, and I'm I'm trying to figure out for the life of me, like, what could it be that they like run afoul of like ASCAP and uh, and uh, who, who's the other group? The uh, I guess the RIAA. Maybe I don't know. The thing is, I mean, like, if it was that big, like, if licensed music was a problem, I mean, like. RIA and like record companies, they do do deals with websites so that their websites users can use uh, licensed music. Like for example, World Star Hip Hop, and I hate that website, but World Star Hip Hop has an agreement with BMG Music. So if any of the of the user generated content has music from BMG artists, which is pretty big, um, it goes. It's like it's okay. It's not a problem. And I'm pretty sure Twitch is bigger than World Star Hip Hop. If not Twitch, Google is totally bigger than World Star Hip Hop. And I don't ima- I can't imagine why they can't strike a deal like this if they care so much about the users. You know? Well, that, that could be your answer right there then. What, that they don't care about the users? Exactly. <laughs> 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 that it's easier to just implement these policies than to pay. You know, pay whatever the fees are. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, World Star Hip Hop is big, but I can't imagine they're that big. That they can... they only made the agreement with BMG, so which that that's a that's a pretty hefty chunk of music they can use right there. You know, so I, don't know. I remember BMG for all those uh those flyers you used to get back when CDs were a thing. Oh yeah. And uh, you could get like the one the one penny for like, you know, get 12 CDs for one penny and then you sign up for their service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that was I don't know. I like that, that was such like a I don't even know what you would call that. It was, it was a huge rip off in the end. As long as you ordered a lot of music, it was fine. If you if you like only ordered those 12 CDs and then didn't cancel, like yeah, then it, then it got a bit overwhelming. Yeah, but then, like, you look through the CDs, it's like, well, out of the ones you can get, like, for the penny, it's like, well, which one of these crappy CDs am I going to get? Eh, they had a few decent ones in there. Yeah. I remember, like, being like, maybe I should, and then, like, not deciding at the last minute not to. Hmm. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, I think that's it. That's all we have. What's... 
Let's see what's coming out. Uh, let's not. Like I'm looking for the list <laughs> now, and this is not <laughs> nothing. Yeah, it's still uh, not that great. Like it's the stuff that we talked about last time. I do, <laughs> I do. Like, I mean, the only good thing I can really see. I mean, adding 15, of course, but then there's like the Metro Redux coming out, which is Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light, and basically it's not a remake, but it's like they pretty much redid the entire game with higher resolution graphics and all that good stuff, which, I mean, <laughs> we're getting to a point where, like, we're getting HD remakes of games that are, like, the, the timing's getting closer and closer. I mean, like, Metro Last Light, that game's only a few years old. You know? And on PC, it had looked great already, and now they're doing it again on PC for higher fidelity. And actually, PC can play at a 4K resolution, which is... Wait, wait, the high-def version is released on PC? No, no, there's a there's like a high def version on Xbox One and PS4 as well. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's also being well, released like, on PC. The, but the PC one has even higher detail. Oh, okay, be, okay, okay. Four K resolution. That's just so. why you should always, you know, why PC beats Xbox and PS. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But uh, okay, yeah, I mean that's it. that's it. Let's let's wrap this well, up. Uh, but Diablo three uh, comes out on the consoles, or the uh, Ultimate Evil Edition with Reaper of yeah. Souls. That comes oh, out. there you go. Yeah, there it is. That's that's the that's really the only big release I can think of. August nineteenth. Okay. Well, there you have it. That's what you look forward to, and then the holiday season right after that. All right. So uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is SoundCloud.com slash smash those buttons. You can catch us on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio for your Android and iOS devices for instant streaming. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash site and facebook.com slash buttons and youtube.com slash buttons. Uh, so as always, thank you for listening. We will catch you guys next time. Have a great weekend, everybody.